0: Welcome to the Raising the Vibration podcast, where I, your host, Mike Toner, go behind the scenes with many of our favorite DJs to bring you an insight into their lives, their passions, and the challenges they face outside of music world. In this episode, Patrice and I take a deep dive into a subject he has explored at length, ayahuasca.
1: What ayahuasca did for Patrice. In the jungle, I finally got to make peace with a lot of these traumas. How it helped him in his relationship with his father. We had a complicated relationship, but in the jungle I could see that uh, his intentions were good. The long-term effect of plant medicine. I always knew uh, it just made me better, it made me stronger, uh, it made me a more loving person. How sleep deprivation affects touring artists. My short-term memory was really suffering. I was forgetting names and faces of people that I've met like only a few days
0: before. The mental struggles he faced during lockdowns.
1: Had dinner conversations with my friends and family where they looked at me and I could clearly see they were thinking I was going a little insane. And his social media vulnerability. I could I could immediately feel that there is a huge need for honesty.
0: Welcome to the Raising the Vibration podcast. I'd like to start by acknowledging that we're broadcasting from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and pay my respect to the elders, past, present and emerging. I acknowledge all the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people tuning into the podcast today. And I'd like to celebrate the rich history of 60,000 years of culture and storytelling on these lands. Our guest today is somewhat of a legend in Australia and Melbourne. He's formed a real affinity with the community here and has performed at some of the most epic and talked about sets at the infamous Rainbow Serpent Festival and is currently the last person to play a record at Rainbow because he did the closing set two years ago and then obviously got cancelled last year. But he's a very good friend of mine and everybody down here at Thick As Thieves and I've had so many incredible conversations with some of the subjects that we're gonna dive in today, and I can't wait for our listeners to hopefully gain some of the incredible knowledge that I have been able to at- attain through my conversations. Patrice, how the hell are you, mate?
1: I'm good, yeah, yeah. Life is slow, but uh you know, I'm enjoying it.
0: Yeah, good, good. Talk to me. How's how's uh how's twenty twenty going for you so far? What are you what are you taking out of it?
1: Uh it's been a crazier uh, lots of ups and downs and uh you know those uh those challenges they tend to travel in packs yeah so uh yeah it, it wasn't just covid i also um i had a, my my dog is getting really old she's 15 now so we've had that. a couple of we've we've had a couple of health scares so and it feels like you know you're reaching an, an end of the road there as well so there's a certain anticipation when is the moment gonna come and uh, you're, you're trying to savor every moment you have with her and everything so yeah it's been it's been tough at times um, then uh, yeah the the uncertainty around uh, uh, making a living with uh, the kind of uh, work that uh, that I'm doing uh, DJing of course it's uh, at the moment it's non-existent uh, so um, it's but with challenges and with problems, uh, uh, you know, there also come a lot of uh, opportunities to grow. And I'm really feeling like I'm, you know, on a good trajectory now and uh, getting good work done on myself.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're someone, Pat, that uh, like uh, you're, you're very aware of both your mental and physical health. I know that from the conversations we've had and you've you've made some big changes you know over the last uh, I don't know how many years but you know I think one of the things that uh, has intrigued me more than anything we've talked about is uh, I guess your journey with plant medicine and I feel that there's like such a an incredible message can be sent there's a lot of people don't know really anything or a lot about it and to be honest my I, I think I, I've read a lot and I've looked at a lot of stuff online now about it, but that was all through the conversations I've had with you. Do you want to yeah. tell us a bit about um, what, A, what got you into that? B, like maybe if you could explain to our listeners, uh, I guess the difference between, you know, the very basics of plant medicine, I guess the difference between DMT and ayahuasca, what's... what's um what benefits have you had had out of it in your life or what insights and yeah just tell us about your journey mate because that's what we want to hear about
1: well basically i was looking i was uh was about yeah let's say four and a half years ago i was at a stage in my career where i was already you know i was touring heavily but uh i didn't have any discipline on the road so I was uh uh, never skipping an after-party, I was uh, doing a lot of drugs, getting drunk at every artist dinner, uh, um, and kind of bit by bit losing control over my physical and mental health. And uh, uh, that drove me to the decision to uh, that something radical had to happen. And uh, uh, through a friend, um, one of the blondish girls, uh, I got an address, uh, um, Uh, uh, for an ayahuasca retreat in Peru and uh, uh, my wife and I we decided uh, let's give this a try so we went there uh, for two weeks and uh, we got cleaned out and uh, uh, yeah that was a life-changing experience uh, that really uh, not only took my artistic career to a completely new level uh, uh, but also, uh, the way I felt in my own skin, uh, the way I interacted with other people, uh, I became, I, I was kind of a recluse or was a close pe- person. And I always had a certain, you know, dark cloud hanging over my head for many years, which uh, uh, my uh, uh, ayahuasca uh, uh, teacher later explained to me were, you know, old traumas that I kept carrying with me and uh, uh in the jungle i finally got to make peace with a lot of these traumas they were you know surrounding my upbringing uh, my relationship with my father um, basically a lot of old baggage you're not aware that you're carrying it with you but it weighs down on you nonetheless um and uh, um so uh the first time I went to the jungle uh I went through uh several treatment options um I did three ayahuasca uh, ceremonies uh each one of them was completely different. The first one was a really mild experience uh where I only felt a little bit. The second one um was Probably the most intense I ever had. It was really difficult at times. Uh, I was really pulled into deep water. uh, uh, And I felt like my sanity was almost stripped from me. And I, uh, you know, it felt like uh, something you describe as an ego death. Uh, It was basically an experience where you're being reduced to your essence. Anything you think you are, all your identities are being stripped away from you. And, And all that's left is awareness you have no knowledge of who you are where you are Uh, everything that comes at you is new i felt like a uh, i felt like a baby thrown into a world that it didn't understand um so and the only way to navigate that situation was to simply surrender to it to accept what's coming and to just trust that uh, that will that you'll come out the other uh, the other end and uh uh I think yeah that's uh that ceremony really really changed my life uh um I immediately felt like a huge weight was lifted from me and uh uh I made peace with uh with my dad uh I was always um uh, we, uh, we had a complicated relationship um but in the jungle I could uh see that uh His intentions were good. He was simply not equipped uh, with uh, the communication means to uh, bring across, bring the message across. So I mean, he was almost a kid himself when uh, when he took care of me. I mean, he was like twenty five, twenty six, and and I was a little kid. So. it made me understand that uh despite our differences and dis- despite our struggles that uh there were only good intentions behind it and uh, and i made peace and uh we talked uh after i came back uh, from um, uh from the jungle and uh, it all integrated well and the third ceremony was just pure love pure beauty everything was effortless uh i felt like i would um i really made um but I really started to understand uh, the plant, the ayahuasca. And uh, um, I went back the year uh, after that. Uh, I had uh, another three ceremonies, and uh, every ceremony after that difficult ceremony was just uh, easy, loving. Uh, I mean, you're always thrown into chaos. There are moments when you're purging, yeah. basically, you're, pu- you're puking your guts out. Uh, you know, diarrhea it comes out both yeah. ends. You, s- you see the dragons and uh, <laughs> it, it's chaos but I uh, uh, it felt it felt good it felt I felt never th- never felt threatened or anything and um, i I always knew uh, it just made me better it made me stronger uh, it made me a more loving person um, special thing about uh, that ayahuasca retreat in Peru uh, which was uh, uh, right in the Amazon rainforest so you had to take a boat from a city called Iquitos uh, up the Amazon River into the jungle there was nothing you were surrounded by nature trees uh, snakes uh, monkeys everything so it was a beautiful place to experience all of that um, the special thing about that retreat was that there were uh, uh, also focusing on a second plant uh, called the the tobacco plant and the combination of uh, tobacco uh, and ayahuasca is even more powerful. Uh, I think uh, tobacco might even be the most important. It's not for nothing called the the the, uh, the, the mother plant, uh, the most important plant for uh, 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 the plant healers and the Amazon rainforest. The
0: tobacco plants called the mother plant, Pat, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This the this is the this is the the it's the plant that is more important to the uh uh to to the curanderos than the uh, ayahuasca plant.
0: I, I didn't know that. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah.
1: And uh so uh, in parallel with the ayahuasca ceremonies, uh we also went through a, a tobacco diet. What you basically do is for a few days in a row, you don't eat anything. You just basically drink a smoothie. Uh, uh, and some juices uh, throughout the day, and then uh, a few times a day, um, uh, the the healer comes to your hut and uh, um, administers a cup of uh, a brew with uh, uh, wild tobacco leaves and um, wild garlic. You drink it; it goes down into your uh, into your straight into your problem areas. So the first time I drank it. Uh, it went straight to my heart. It really, really burned. Uh, and then you purge it after about 20 minutes to an hour. You purge it out. And then you feel, oh, I had a knot there and that knot is released. And then with every other cup of uh, uh, tobacco that you drink, you go a little bit deeper because the blockage uh, up top has been released. And it goes straight to the next blockage, and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And every time you do a little bit more work, your energy flow becomes better. Uh, and, and because of that, uh, the ayahuasca also has uh, a much easier time getting into you. And uh, the tobacco itself has uh, a no uh, psychoactive uh, properties. It's just really hard work. It, and the more you drink it, the more the more difficult it gets. And at the end of the, uh, uh, you drink it for, uh, I think, three three days, I think, total uh, totally have a, a seven cups. And the last cup really went deep into my root chakra. Uh, it stayed there forever and then puked it out and I was wiped out for a whole day. couldn't, uh, you know, I couldn't even function. But then you go to sleep and the next morning I just felt, straight aligned balanced uh of, of you know just, it just it just takes you it just takes you back uh to to where you really need to be and uh, uh after 2 weeks when we left that camp physically and mentally it felt like i've been on holiday for 6 months So it's a really like an accelerated physical and uh uh, uh mental uh, uh restoration process and then as you get back into the real world uh you'll you'll carry that with you that good energy and uh um, uh it was uh uh I remember the last time I went to the jungle right after that I went to australia and um, and we went to rainbow serpent and did a did a whole tour and uh 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 it felt so easy playing felt easy. I was uh, in such a good state of mind. So it, it, it really helped me to connect to um you know to, to connect to Australia as well.
0: Amazing. That's
1: yeah. Uh to get sorry to get to get to your second question, uh the difference between ayahuasca and DMT. Uh DMT is the agent that uh uh uh, uh You can smoke it in its purest form as a powder and what it will do it will give you the probably the most extreme uh, 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 trip hallucinative trip uh, possible basically it within a few seconds you're being thrown into another world without any reference to the real world Uh, it's uh, for me it was really frightening I did it at home in Amsterdam with a friend and you you really should do that with someone experienced uh, who's sitting next to you can spot you because you are basically incapacitated for uh, uh, 10 minutes. And when you do ayahuasca the same compound the GMT uh, is not inhaled through the lungs, but uh, it's ingested uh, through the stomach. And so the release of the GMT in your body is much slower. Uh, and uh, the onset is more gradual, and uh, instead of only ten minutes rush, it's uh, a two to four hour slow uh, trip. So you have much more time to uh, process things and to see and to learn. And uh, um, uh, while the uh, uh, the DMT uh, smoked in its purest form is more of a shock and awe thing. So, I learned much more doing the ayahuasca, uh, but the one thing I learned uh, during the DMT is um, uh, I felt what it was like when you die. And uh, uh, when I saw that there was something on the other side uh, of of that death experience, uh, and that that something was uh, beautiful, it really—it totally took away uh, my fear of dying forever, and uh, and you know that most fears in life are related to um, uh, ultimately the fear of death. Yeah. So whenever you're avoiding risks, whenever you are n- uh, not taking a chance, but instead playing it safe in life, uh, it all comes down to fear of death ultimately. When you don't have that fear of death, uh, your whole life is much more fear free and uh uh you can uh you know you you are a, f- a free person, you live a life that is much more um uh, yeah just more enriched and less dominated by um by by fear so both of these uh, both of these uh, compounds had a really positive influence on me, but by far the ayahuasca is the more the more essential one.
0: Yeah, awesome. I, I'm. I thought it was really interesting what you were saying about the tobacco part. Again, another thing that you've hit me with that I had no idea. I've I've heard people talking about uh, like you know like Dave Asprey who does like Bulletproof. He talks about tobacco being a a, a really um, useful nootropic, and I mean I think in the Western culture and probably in every culture where we're, we're conditioned now to think of tobacco as being like this evil substance that just gives you cancer and ruts your teeth and all that kind of stuff. But I'd, uh, yeah, I had no idea and really until you started talking about there, the, the benefits of tobacco and even that the, especially like the, the, the South American people and that are the people who are, I guess, administer um, administered plant medicine rated as you know being as as being as uh, very important as as important as ayahuasca
1: yeah well yeah so ayahuasca i have to correct myself a little bit ayahuasca is the mother plant yeah. and uh tobacco tobacco is the master plant
0: master right yeah
1: yeah 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 and uh uh the tobacco that's being used for that is natural tobacco so uh it's not it's but n- not by a long shot as, as chemical as the stuff that's in uh, the cigarettes that we uh, smoke on the regular. So, uh, um, yeah, it is, it, it is a very potent plant. I have unfortunately very little knowledge about it other than having undergone the, uh, the, uh, I, uh, the tobacco diet a few times. Uh, I can totally recommend it. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's such a, you basically, uh, Quadruple uh, the, the the efficacy of uh, the ayahuasca therapy. That's it's incredible. Really Integrates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get so much more work done doing both. Amazing.
0: And Pat, tell me um, from from I guess from the from the insights you experienced. I mean, you seem to this obviously, especially your second ayahuasca ceremony, seemed to have a very profound experience on you, um, and it obviously made the subsequent ceremonies after that. Um, very loving, and um, it's a, they sound like they were an amazing experience. Did you find it hard to retain the insight that you got from that second ayahuasca ceremony in your everyday life, or did you feel there was a period when, you know, maybe the longer you went on, that it starts slipping off, or is it stuff that you've retained the whole way through?
1: certain things you retain, but it gets weaker. So uh, you need to uh, I think the best the best practice would be to have a regular refresh or le- a regular routine. If I had the time, I would probably do it twice a year. Um, now I do it try to do it once a year, it's now been a year and a half. Uh, so uh, it's almost time again yeah i did once i i did one ceremony exactly a year ago during uh the Amsterdam dance event here in Amsterdam, but it's not the same for me it uh, I, I i really the ayahuasca when it's brewed fresh in the amazon is just so much stronger uh, and also the surroundings when you're surrounded by the sounds of the rainforest and that energy it's just so different to sitting in an apartment in the city
0: yeah it's something part that um <clears throat> I think it's it's becoming a very, very uh, popular thing to do now, you know, and there's a whole, the rise of ayahuasca tourism, which I'll touch, touch on later, but a, a lot of people that I've spoken to and had these conversations about plant medicine, I always reference what you've said to me to them, and I always say, this is not the kind of thing you do like in an apartment in the city. I always, you know, I know that it's something that I'm definitely gonna do at some point in my life, in the future, I was I was hoping to do it this year, to do a trip in South America, but obviously that can't happen. Um, but you've stressed to me the importance of, you know, being surrounded by the right people, being surrounded by like a good shaman. Um, yeah. You know, ha- having having the right ayahuasca, being in the right environment, um, because otherwise, you know, uh, there there is risks involved with with doing this and if you're not setting setting yourself up properly, it's a, 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 um, I would imagine it's the kind of thing could potentially be detrimental.
1: Absolutely. And uh, uh, you you don't become an ayahuasca shaman just like that. You know, uh, it takes uh, hundreds of uh, 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 ceremonies uh, to even get to a basic level. Uh, an ayahuasca uh, 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 curandero is what they're called, or an ayahuasquero. Uh and an ayahuasquero uh learns it for at least ten years before he, you know, can call himself a shaman. And I see that here in the West, uh a lot of these guys um, they had a few sessions and they learn how to brew it and then <coughs> <coughs> Sorry. Okay. And then they um and then they fill a room with way too many people uh, and uh, um, do this in a uh, quite a commercial way. And it can be all right. The ayahuasca in itself can do a lot. But um, the problem is these people have no way of helping you when things go wrong. And when you're the only shaman, you maybe have one or two helpers and you are at a ceremony with 40 people. And all of a sudden eight of them uh uh, get into trouble then uh yeah you're basically helpless so for me uh a good uh a good indication of the quality of a ceremony is of course uh, the credentials of the shaman they need to be uh he needs to have a long history of experience um preferably having learned the craft the at the source in south america for many years and also uh the uh the size of the um of the class so to speak uh should be uh small so i would recommend a a size of no more than maybe 10 people Mm -hmm. uh because you need the space uh, during the ceremony. Uh, you know, everybody is lying on, on their bed. Uh, they have a bucket next to them that they use for purging into. When you don't have the space and you have people around you uh, and everybody's puking, it you know, it's just it just becomes uncomfortable. Yeah. And when you and when when you're really high and you have to go to the bathroom and you have to wait in line to get to take your turn, while you're in trouble and you can barely hold it in. These are just things you don't even want to worry about. You want to know that all of these things are taken care of, that you're in safe, clean surroundings, that there is one or two shamans and a few helpers so that the ratio uh, patient to a uh, uh, teacher is like two to one. Yeah. You know? Um, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do your research there's good ayahuasca places outside of south america but uh, uh for every good one there's probably the two or three ones that aren't recommended
0: yeah right interesting and and pat one of the things which i'd like to touch on as well or i remember you tell me um there's there's quite a it's quite a um a strict preparation before you prepare for an ayahuasca ceremony. Is or like t- tell us what's involved in that
1: um, so two weeks before uh, you uh, do your first ayahuasca ceremony, you have to follow a strict uh, diet protocol to to clean up your body. That involves uh, you get off salts, you get off uh, uh, meat, dairy, uh, eggs. So uh, processed food really important. Uh, you should also not be on any meds. Um, for people who are who have to be on uh, uh, antidepressant uh, antidepressiva, uh, it's really uh, recommended not to do it at all until they're off them. So um, you have to eat cleanly for two weeks. Uh, basically, fruits, steamed vegetables, uh, clean carbs, everything unprocessed uh and then uh the, the body is ready to uh uh to fully uh, embrace what's coming because uh, uh when you when you uh when you get there without preparation uh first of all it will be more difficult for you uh so uh the purchase will probably be stronger yeah but also the the effect of what you get out of it will be de- diminished and what's Just as important as the preparation is uh, the time after the uh, ceremonies as you get out of the jungle the first month you should still be living clean and uh, next to the diet that also includes uh, to uh, stay away from taking drugs and like or smoking uh, cannabis other psychedelics so if you follow that protocol, you simply get way more out of it.
0: Yeah. And I'm guessing the whole the whole purpose of having your body so clean is that the ayahuasca has got like a clean environment and to do the best work possible for you. Exactly. Yeah, amazing. Um, what what factors do you feel, Pat, affect when you come out of uh after doing ayahuasca for like that what are the main factors you think contribute to i guess like pushing you back the other way what 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 life factors like say for example like does social media does um you know i mean yeah what, what factors do you f- figure uh, affect the insights that you get from the from the ceremony
1: Negatively, you mean? Yes, yes. Um, I think uh, the three factors are what you feed your mind with, uh, what you feed your body with, this food and uh, and and drinks, and uh, most important, probably sleep. Yeah. So a uh, uh, lack of sleep uh, will weaken your resistance to uh, all kinds of temptations. Um, it, will, uh, it will increase your screen time. You'll be on social media more. Um, you'll also be eating worse. So I think it's it starts with uh, having a good sleep routine. Um, yeah, and of course, uh, um, I think we're all suffering from uh, uh, too much uh, useless information. From social media in general, basically, if you spend too much of your daytime just simply being a consumer, yeah, and not being a creator, uh, that has an uh, adverse effect on, on, on your soul.
0: Yeah, amazing! I love that, and you know, it's uh, 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 the social media is definitely something I want to get to in a little bit, um, because you've obviously yeah you've put out some very I would say admirable and vulnerable face. Sorry, Instagram posts over the last, in particular, the last year. And just one in particular you put out that you just mentioned was about sleep and the importance of sleep. Um, I think I've I've discussed this with you. I mean, I, I was a pretty bad insomniac for like maybe 10 or 12 years. But this year, through using the opportunity that this year has given us to establish good sleep hygiene and good sleep health I've managed to I've slept better over the last six months than I have in any period for 12 or 13 years before that and oh wow great I actually I actually really feel the like I feel so so mentally clearer than what I did prior to that I don't have the same But exactly
1: what exactly did you do
0: I did a I did a cognitive behavioral therapy course um And it was based it's simple because a lot of the stuff was stuff that I knew already, but I guess you know when you're on the hamster wheel of of the industry that we're in, you never really get a chance to prioritize doing this stuff. So I'm very good friends with my with my doctor, with my GP, and he recommended doing this course. Um, and there was a couple of key insights I got out of the course. So the, the first thing they said to me was, People generally come to try and fix sleep problems and they expect it's going to be like a light switch that you turn on and off. But if you've spent 15 years developing crap sleep, it's going to take you at least two to three months to fix it. So you need to be committed to doing certain things for a fixed period of time. Um, and the, the number one thing you have to do is you have to get out of bed at the same time every morning, regardless of how yeah. tired you are. So my, my sleep routine was that I, was, I, I would go to sleep at maybe 11.30 at night and then yeah. I, would, I was always waking up at like three four in the morning and being awake for yeah. a few hours and kind of tossing and turning and then maybe getting an hour, another hour or hour and a half of like this light broken sleep but what 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 this course made me do was i had to create what was called a sleep debt so i had to commit to like oh, since march since everything started going on with the with the first lockdown since march there's been four mornings and what, six, seven months that I haven't been out of bed before 6.30. Um, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, out of bed after 6.30. It's just that's yes, that's yeah, the time yeah. I wake up at every morning and try not to nap. And then, like, all, all, all the other obvious stuff, which is, you know, um, you know, no screen time after a certain time at night, you know, that gets back to the mobile phone conversation, like, you know, and social media. Like, you think you need to do these things, but you actually don't. But... I actually just said to myself, sorting out the sleep thing is so important to me that I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so what, what ended up happening was like through implementing this all this good sleep routine, I ended up the first month or five weeks of this course, I was like a zombie because I was just so tired. But what gradually happened was I started... I started sleeping through the night until until 6.30 in the morning. And I remember the first night that I'd woken up that I hadn't woken up in the middle of the night. I was just like, what the hell is going on? You know, like this is, I've slept through the full the first night and then it took about another week before I had another full night like that. And then I got two nights of that and, and I still have the odd broken night, but for the most part now, I'm sleeping right through the night. Um, yeah, perfect. I, 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 like again, you know, you, you mentioned it there you and I talk a lot when we're together about health and about, you know, improving your lives. Sleep is the number one. It's, it's, for me, it's more important than your diet and it's more important than for sure. everything else. Like, it's, it's it's the foundation. I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky I've managed to sort it and it's something that I think as well that I'm, uh, that, that will be, uh, when, when we go back to, to life as normal, I'm, I'm definitely going to change the way I, I guess I, I do my job. Like, you know there's there's a lot of times when I guess I'm out late at night that I probably don't have to be that that's getting cut off you know like uh, um, and yeah yeah sleep sleep's just like it's such a key thing and do you you find did you um was your sleep affected by your ayahuasca ceremonies or have you always been a good sleeper or
1: um no I've not been a good sleeper and the problem for me was the touring, yes. which basically is the, the biggest killer of, of a touring lifestyle, is, is the, the sleep deprivation. And it's kind of unavoidable because, um, yeah, especially here in Europe, uh, I often do three different countries in a weekend. And it often looks like uh, you arrive at a, at, at a country uh, in the early evening and you have dinner with the promoter and you have two hours to rest. Where you don't really sleep uh, then you go to the club then at five in the morning you get home from the club uh, you have three hours sleep then you have to go to the airport on the road all day and then same thing again and you do that for a few months uh absolutely wiped out and i could really uh, feel the effects that um, my short-term memory was really suffering I was forgetting names and faces of people that I've met, like, only a few days before, Yeah, you know, I could, I could forget the face of a promoter that I had dinner with a week ago, you know, uh, and uh, uh, it, it, it really illustrated for me how, uh, how careful uh, one needs to be uh, in order to maintain a good balance between sleep and, uh, and work. So um now during uh the lockdown when we're not traveling anymore I actually love not having to you know stay in hotel rooms and having an irregular sleep rhythm so that's that for me is a godsend and I can also feel it in the studio it's uh my creativity is uh, is, is is better my productivity is better just a uh, peace of mind is much better um uh, my practice what I'm doing is um um I try to be in bed before, ideally before 10 p.m. Before I go to sleep, uh, what really helps me to sleep well is to meditate for 10 to 20 minutes before I sleep. That also gives me uh, a natural extra 20 minutes of no screen time, calms down the body. I go to bed and I, I, I sleep much better. Uh, I also get up early, uh, usually around six. Uh, sometimes I wake up before that. Um, I usually go straight to the studio then, because those early hours between five and eight in the morning for me are my 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 most creative hours, my most productive hours. And then often by the time of the day is I like get nine or ten a.m., I'm done with my workday. You know, I've, amazing. I've yeah, f- everything that needs to be done creatively is 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 wrapped up and uh I I do other things. I can spend time with uh the dog and um the family and um uh um and you know, meeting friends for for coffee, going to the museum and you know, just living a leisurely life as well. Yeah. Because uh I I I feel that um I am most productive when I do a little less, you know yeah, yeah work 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 four or five hours, but good hours, yeah, you know, and then spend the rest of the time doing other stuff uh, and yeah and now during the lockdown uh, uh like for instance, I finally get to read again on a regular, you know, like I'm reading book after book after book uh it's uh it's amazing.
0: That's something you and I, yeah, we talk about books a lot when we when we catch yeah, up. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a pretty avid reader as well. Um, yeah, and it's just I feel as well since I've been sleeping better, I'm absorbing information that I'm reading a lot better. Um, I, th- I think that there's there's a whole like, you know, uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm the exact same as you. I meditate every <laughs> night before I go to sleep for a little bit, and you know, I, I've even even before before everything went pear shaped this year. I kind of set this year as having um, a year that I was going to try and install some good habits and like I think you know I've got a meditation app and I'm on like 230 odd days in a row now of doing 20 minutes a day Uh, like I do like brain games Um, and and just doing doing stuff like that but also combined with good sleeping it all contributes Mm. to you just like being mentally more alert and probably like emotionally more in check with yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and the people around you—it keeps you grounded more. Um, it, it 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 gives you the the insight to realize that working less and working <coughs> working smarter is much better for you than just going at a hundred miles an hour all the time and never taking yeah any yeah downtime. But yeah,
1: it it's because. You can be really busy all day doing things that don't matter that don't move the needle or you can simply spend time contemplating that one move and then execute that one move well and it uh, is a game changer that's amazing that's what i'm looking for uh, achieving as much as possible with as little input as possible
0: yeah incredible and pat have you thought about how you're gonna i mean obviously Getting, being in a good sleep routine now has, has benefited you and you're more creative in the studio. Have you thought about how you're going to, I guess, carry that forward when you go back to touring life? Or are you planning to make any changes to your touring life when, you know, coming out the other end of this?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I do want to tour a little less. Um, more and, more and, in Australia, and, though. Well, uh, you know, I, I want to plan it uh, uh, sensibly. Yeah. Basically, uh, maybe tour and burst and then take a few weeks off, then two weeks on, two weeks off, something like that, you know? Um, but be less greedy with the touring. Yeah. Uh, but I also must say, um, I don't know where this is going, you know? So I, I spent really not a lot of time wishing back the old days because it, ultimately it's futile. Uh, so it's it it, this has really been part of my uh, personal growth trajectory is to simply accept uh, reality the way it is right now yeah and and and, and not wishing back the old times and not uh, not projecting forward and hoping for something to happen that might not happen but simply to be in the moment and live with the reality as it is and simply ask myself uh, what is the best way to deal with that reality right now because uh, um, um, I think uh, the first few months of uh this lockdown uh i've uh, you know spent a lot of time researching online and i i I dove into all kinds of rabbit holes I also looked into a lot of the uh you know uh, conspiracy theories and you know i 'm curious I want to know everything. And, uh, uh, I could feel how that at some point really, you know, it, f- it fucked with my brain. It fucked me up because you walk around worrying about things that are completely outside of your sphere of influence, things I can do nothing about, you know? So <laughs> let's say, yeah, if we live in a world that is run by, uh, uh, satanists and pedophiles uh what can i do about it nothing you know and i don't know maybe it's true maybe it's not true i have no idea yeah uh so uh simply not worrying about the things that i have no way of influencing uh is been such a relief and and grounding my actions and my emotions in my immediate reality which also means not worrying about things like uh, uh, COVID anymore, about the election in the United States, Biden versus Trump, all that stuff, you know? I'm thinking, uh, I have zero influence how this is going to go. Um, And uh, uh, 50% of people are going to be disappointed by the outcome of the election. And the other 50% are probably going to be disappointed after the election, when they realize <laughs> that, the, uh, that, the, uh, that the other guy isn't, br- isn't bringing the change either that yeah. they're hoping for. Because if, if, you, look back, if you look back in, 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 in the recent uh, political history, no one has ever changed the game in a profoundly positive way. So, uh, so what I'm doing is I'm sing- simply trying to be uh, uh, indifferent about these things. Simply observe... Uh, mentally prepare myself for each scenario, but remove the emotion from it and uh, uh, so i 'll do the same with uh, 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 with the news the news simply don 't interest me anymore i don 't need to uh, live along with that mass hysteria and that fear that uh, that the news are peddling i don 't need to uh, 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 plug into that uh, Mass hysteria and panic and anger that uh, is going on on social media and all the all the censorship and the, the partisanship and uh, uh, the, the the cognitive dissonance that almost everybody is in some way uh, uh, living, where they are trying to uh, um, force reality into their idea of how things should be where in reality it should be the other way around look at what's there and then adapt to that rather than uh, rather than um, let's say you're uh, a a Trump supporter and to try to justify whatever he does uh in a positive way yeah you know (laughs) yeah Yeah, and and then and then you create a reality that simply is so far removed from what's actually going on you know and that also doesn't prepare you for what's actually going on in life you know yeah so uh so instead i just try to uh to be I i really try to uh prepare for different scenarios yeah so I'm thinking ahead. I like to think ahead. I'm thinking ahead. What happens if Biden wins? What happens if we are being uh, uh, being pushed into a world that is less free and more totalitarian, that it might even be something akin to uh, some sort of globalist communism, which is, you know, it's possible that this is going to happen, you know? What will I do when they force us into uh vaccinations or restrict our travels. What will I do with my life when everything opens up again uh, with my DJ career? What will I do if it won't open up again? What will I do if we are um, um, going to be in a sort of a permanent lockdown situation where uh, uh, international travel will hardly be possible and, and there won't be any parties? All of these scenarios, are uh, possible? I want to prepare for them, but I don't want to invest any emotions in them, but just you know accept them the way they are. Something uh, uh, I mean, if I look at our generation, we've been extremely lucky. Uh, we've never seen a war, we've lived in uh, uh, unparalleled prosperity. Even people living below the poverty line today, Live better than the average person did even two hundred years ago, so um, i'm I'm thinking generations before us have survived much more hardship, yeah, and they 've come out the other end as well yeah, so I have to just simply trust my ability as a person but also the ability of uh, us as society to simply adapt and persevere and overcome yeah you know and uh that's mindset of simply being prepared and accepting reality the way it is has taken away a huge amount of anxiety you know i just feel i just feel relaxed you know i'm not going along with the panic of everybody anymore and uh I've completely lost interest in trying to convince people and trying to argue and in and, 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 and fighting in general, you know? Yeah. So, so what I'm asking myself is, uh, right now, what is the best thing I can contribute to society? And the best thing is to infuse society with an energy of love and kindness. Raise the vibration. Simply yeah, yeah. Good vibration is simply try to be part of the solution and not part of the problem.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I love that. Do you feel, Pat, that you're like, you, you know, you've always, um, I always, I love your attitude when we talk about stuff like this. Do you feel that um, the the kind of, I guess, the attitude and the insights you've got into, or how you perceive the world now, is are different? To before you did ayahuasca compared to now do you think the ayahuasca has helped you like kind of level out and not not worry about that stuff or is, is that the way you've always been
1: it's not the way i've always been and it's it's a continuous process i think i've uh, learned just as much in the last few months mm-hmm. as i as i have uh, um, during each ayahuasca journey i mean the, the ayahuasca has given me a base on which upon which I can build. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it's 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 really 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 turned me into a much better human being, but um the journey has been continuous ever since and even now where I'm thinking what I'm learning now is not directly related to what I've learned in the jungle but is basically more uh, uh, related to the experiences that I and and the problems that I'm facing today in uh, in everyday life and the observations that i'm making today so uh yeah and and of, also it's not a linear journey it's peaks and troughs troughs i've been totally. I, you know i've gone through some really rough times in the last few months myself you know and i've gone through phases where i uh had dinner conversations with my friends and family where they looked at me and i could clearly see they were thinking I was going a little insane, you know, and uh, 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 so I had to sometimes pull myself back from the brink as well. Um, and, uh, and and be really honest. This is where I am right now. This is this is the this is the problems that I'm facing. This is uh, this is the things that I need to work on right now. And I'm also just tell myself, you know what, This week and last week, you've not been in a good place, and you've not been a positive human being. Um, Accept it. Turn the buttons. Change course. You know, uh, and uh, you know, uh, just uh, adjust. And when you stumble, you just get back up, and you uh, uh, you try it again.
0: Amazing. I think Pat, it's one of the things I love about talking to you is like you're uh, you're you're never afraid to show your vulnerable side. And um, I think, you know, you've you've expressed that quite a lot. You know, I've touched on this earlier in some of your social media because, you know, in this day and age everybody's just trying to convince everybody else how amazing they are in social media. But you know, you've had some posts, there's a quote that I want to read out of one of your posts and you were talking about jealousy. And you said in any competitive field such as DJing, We are confronted with the fact that other people are more successful than we are. This creates a feeling of jealousy and low self-worth in us, which is amplified by social media. I grapple with this emotion myself, and I notice it in many, and many often extremely accomplished artists. I thought that that honestly mate, that, that so moved me when I saw that post. Like, I, I haven't actually been on any social media really for six months, but one of my friends basically put his phone in front of me and went, you've got to read this. And it was like the way you kind of just put it out there because there'll be a lot of the young, the young people who go to your parties who look up to you and like think think you're like a god and you're you know you're you're the guy that they want to be. But you you really just let people in and show show people how you're feeling, not just with the jealousy post, but with you've done stuff on sleep, on 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 arranging tracks, on uh, you know, the, do you need a manager? Like all these all this super interesting stuff and. I'm I'm just curious has your has your peers in your industry has, has how have people reacted to that kind of stuff because it certainly it certainly had a very positive effect on me from what it, it it made me reactivate my Instagram to go and read your posts to then react to reactivate yeah. my Instagram <laughs> after
1: Yeah I I've, I could I could immediately feel that there is a huge need for honesty and and there is a huge need for a communication uh, that is not just selling something but that is simply relating to the human condition in every one of us um, and uh, yes I hear it a lot that people tell me yes uh, you showing a vulnerable side uh, I, th- I personally think the opposite I think being authentic is showing a strong side and is actually it, if you really think about it is an absolutely a low risk move it's it's you cannot fail if you uh, if you if you open up you know showing vulnerability is portraying something that you're not yeah. and, uh, and, and and that is actually the harder path you know I was at some point i was looking at social media and i was thinking I'm just so tired of having to sell myself the whole time. You know, uh, Is there a better way of using it? And then, uh, yeah, just using something for the greater good uh, uh, is a million times more powerful. And I mean, uh, these posts, they've been read by hundreds of thousands of people. I'm thinking, I write a few lines that are just heartfelt and they're just sharing my own observations. And you reach five or six football stadiums filled with people <laughs> with it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. Just like it's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so it's, it's 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 mind-blowingly powerful, um, and honestly, it's it's not very risky at all. And it's uh, 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 and I don't even you know. While it is really good marketing, it was never intended that way, you yeah. know. But I, I I see now that this has opened up. Uh, um, uh new possibilities people approach me in different ways and uh, uh they you know they would also hear some people ask me whether i would like to teach a master class or, or speak to them uh, uh, about certain topics and come to their podcast like we do right now you yeah. know so 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 uh in this case something unselfish has actually also um uh opened up new opportunities that i could personally profit from you know yeah uh and, and i'm and i'm that simply just reinforces uh uh the, the theory that um uh life gives to you what you give to life yeah you know the the more generous you are the more generous life will be and it, it really is like that and yeah. it, it it works on every level also financially you know uh it's sometimes you talk to a homeless guy you give him 10 euros and you come home and all of a sudden oh there's a few thousand euros from the from uh from a record label income that you have completely forgotten about that yeah. uh, landed in your account you know and yeah. that may be just okay there's the rent nice you yeah. know Padre, so, Bruce, um,
0: I, I, i'm such a huge believer in like uh like yeah the universe gives back to you what you give out yeah and, and like yeah. I, I think it's important to stress that you should never give with the intention of wanting something back in return but it just it's something that i've found over the years whether it be time or money or anything else like yeah the the the, the, the more you give the more it just comes back to you in spades you know
1: Ex- exactly i mean look at your life you know i mean you're giving a whole lot you're working with the, with the I Foundation and, uh uh, uh you, Oh, the fundraiser that we all together for, uh, for for the for the, huge. for the for the for the bushfires you know that creates so much goodwill yeah um and yeah and 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 just by being such a generous human being as you are, I mean look at your life you have a beautiful life yeah, you know totally.
0: uh, yeah I, I think I think Pad. you know with with those getting back to those posts, I think the one thing <coughs> that it's that was really evident to see was that like um that you haven't really got. I can't say you haven't got any ego because everybody's got ego, but it it really it really uh, it, it was really humble and it really kind of humanized, you know, for a lot of the for a lot of the people who go to the, again these festivals and these parties, they they can just see that you're that you just experience the exact same emotions as everybody else, and I think you know I, I'm wondering if, if if part of like I guess the did the ayahuasca shape your sense of self or did it help break down your ego to, you know, kind of make you like this person that's not, you know, able to just put this stuff out or.
1: Absolutely. Even though I think that uh, that journey of uh, uh getting my ego in check started well before that. Yeah, Uh I would say maybe eight or nine years ago, I was a, I was at a point in my career where um I was a resident DJ at this uh, club in Amsterdam called Trouw. and uh, but my career was going nowhere. There was no demand for me as a DJ. I wasn't making very good music at the time. I wasn't very creative in the studio, and I could see other younger artists just pass me by left, right, and center. And I was like, "Why not me? I'm, I deserve this." And I was like, "Wait a minute, no, I don't," you know. Uh, and I had to admit to myself, you know what? Uh, you need to uh, you need to take a really good look at yourself uh, and assess all the weaknesses, assess everything that holds you back from um, from being more successful. You know, so basically admit your own mistakes, your own shortcomings, and then commit yourself to improving yourself and. Um, that journey for me started with uh, uh, installing a sort of a self-disciplined routine. Uh, I followed a, a, a like a, a class. A co- it was a, kind of like a, 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 a an audiobook by this guy called uh, Brian Tracy, which is a a really blue-collar, uh, old-school version of uh, someone like Tony Robbins. Uh, and. Uh, uh, he taught me uh, to take up a self-disciplined routine, wh- which means, you know, from getting up to eating healthy, to uh, goal setting, to making to-do lists every morning, um, and also to commit to learning. and And uh, he said that if you want to learn, learn from the people who are where you want to be. So. I took a look at uh, artists that uh, I admire and that uh, had already walked that path that I still intended to walk for myself. So one of the guys that I was taking a really good look at was uh, Joris Worn, who is practically my neighbor here in Amsterdam. (laughs) Yeah, of course. (laughs) So he lives really two minutes from my house. Um, And... uh, um, He managed to build a career that's been lasting since the early 2000s and he's gone from strength to strength. You know, there's so many artists out there who have a short period where they're really productive and where everything, you know, just fits together and then they kind of disappear. Either they're just one hit wonders or they are, uh, you know, having an early peak and then everything they make after that peak becomes worse and worse and worse yeah. and there's just nothing going on yours managed to not do that and i was you know i looked at what he's doing and how he did it and i kind of emulated uh, a lot of the things so for instance in his music he had to focus on you know making hit records to making bangers making him records that uh, are, are you know create a big reaction on the dance floor T- simply by taking over that same strategy, that really, really helped me get my career back on path and uh, and, and and becoming much more in demand and and uh, having records that uh, other DJs would play around the world and therefore uh, helping me getting my name out without having for me having to to be there and tr- and travel, but you know. So when DJs like uh, uh, Solomon or Dixon play records, they have so much more reach uh, uh, than than you do. So, so for me, uh, uh, just starting to focus on hit records that really opened up my entire career, and uh, I, b- I suddenly became in demand. And uh, the first ayahuasca period almost fell imme- in that same time slot, and basically unleashed a new level of creativity. I, I think that time, uh, I think it was around 2017 or 2016. I'm not sure. Uh, was probably the, the, the most creative period I've ever had. And it was just hit after hit after hit coming out of the studio. Um, so um that whole self improvement path uh, uh started started a lot earlier uh and 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 the ayahuasca was just a piece of the puzzle a very important piece of the puzzle but nonetheless it was just uh, one of the things the most important thing for me was the recognition that i had to do something about my situation that i was responsible for where i was at the time and that uh i could not blame anyone else you know yeah. so uh so that was uh, basically it, it taking ownership yeah and as for overcoming the ego the ego has a way of showing up in many different ways you know uh, and I still haven't overcome my ego by you know by any stretch of the imagination uh, you can be appear really humble or even be really humble yet at the same time you've feel flattered by the attention that you're getting or you use humbleness as a tool, you know, and at some point, I also need to overcome that and simply not care and just be 100% pure, loving, giving energy, you know, so uh I- I'm not there yet, I, I-, I prepare myself for a-, a lifelong journey. And I think, uh there is no destination It is only a journey and the journey is just going to continue and I'm going to fall back and uh, uh, go through rough times and then I'll go to better times. Uh, I just think that um, knowing where you want to go is, uh, is is really important, you know, so just to keep at least the direction of a path of overcoming the ego and, uh, um, and Becoming a human being that creates value for others.
0: Amazing, Pat. I love it. Uh, I love these insights. And yeah, you're always uh, you're all, you're one of the most positive people I know. And you know, you're again, you 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 never ever try and hide when you're having gone through a rough patch or feeling down. And I think it's very admirable. It's uh, yeah, it's there's there's a lot of people could learn a lot from you. You know um i'm just gonna i'm gonna start wrapping it up one of the things i do at the end of every segment of the podcast is i do a little section called uh secrets from the other half um and your other half told me that she actually kicks your ass at, when she's doing kickboxing versus your jiu <laughs> oh, oh yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> no my yeah my wife she's much fitter much more durable <laughs> like uh, she she's a kickboxing demon where when i kick this the the, the, the sandbag my shins hurt um, you know i went with her two or three times and then i you know i gave up uh, you like, okay this is your thing yeah i was that uh, yeah yeah and, and she's still at it almost yeah. every day almost yeah. yeah
0: she yeah she's ramona's an incredible shape she's like yeah she's a proper athlete i reckon you know but yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was yeah. good of her to send me on that and i was like oh <laughs> but um Pat, last question I asked every guest in the podcast. First of all, thanks so much for coming on, man. I've
1: absolutely oh, thank, thank once you. Once again, man, me. I love
0: yeah. I love talking to you. I love. I can't wait to hear back in Australia. to we get some quality car time in the festival and do all that jazz again? But um, last question I asked every guest is: How do you continue raising the vibration for the rest of twenty
1: twenty? Um, I'm upping the ante uh, with my meditation practice. So. Um, committed to doing an hour every morning after I wake up amazing yeah so it's uh, we've been doing this for a bit more than a week now uh, it's tough because I can feel the impatience but that overcoming that impatience also helps me to become less distracted and more focused because I think focus is the one thing that we all could use more of there's so much distraction going on, and social media is such a productivity killer to a point where you think all the technological it, those technological advances of having a mobile phone. I'm sure they must be more than wiped out by the human capital that is being wasted uh, through lack of focus and uh, and, and productivity. So, mm, yeah, for me, my mission is to. Pull that back to regain that focus to become someone who can s- actually say i'm going to sit down for three hours and the phone and social media don't even cross my mind i'm just gonna work and when i'm done with my three hours of work i'm gonna go um, spend an hour having lunch with my wife and we're not uh, we're not going to check any phones either we're just having a conversation Then I walk the dog, and then I'm going to listen to music for four hours, and then I go to bed. And all day long, I've not been a consumer, but I've been a human being doing things, listening, making, working, growing, you know. So, and on that journey, I feel I'm maybe 10% there, you know, there's so much work to do. uh, And, uh, once I've figured it out for myself, uh, I also, you know, I want to help others uh, get to the same spot because we all need it, you know. And right now, I feel um, humanity or mankind as a whole has been hijacked. Yeah, you know, we are being remote controlled by uh, giving away our focus, and uh, uh, I think that we have a lot of challenges ahead of us and we can only master them by becoming human beings again. Otherwise, we'll be zombies run yeah. by an artificial intelligence, you know, and that's just not the way uh, human beings should live. You know, we, are, we have another purpose. Uh, we are here to manifest creativity and love and greatness and not to simply be consuming bags of meat and bones yeah
0: amazing pat i love it thank you so much my friend always good to thank talk you, to you and yeah yeah, yeah, yeah keep yeah. spreading lovely. the message you know we're uh yeah i can't wait to give you a hug once you arrive in melbourne yeah, airport yeah yeah, yeah. Next. soon soon you're, you, you, you do realize you're absolutely one of the first cabs off the rank Australia's actually you know, for as bad as it was for a while, there Australia it's been super positive, especially the last week. And, oh wow, great!
1: You're I, out of the lockdown now, huh? And, and I,
0: I, like- I, I feel, I feel that we're going to be doing gigs before a lot of other places. You know, there's a there's a lot of talk now about. I mean, in Perth, the, there was a festival last weekend. They had fifteen thousand people at it. Seriously, they've just announced today they're gonna have twenty-five thousand at the cricket on Boxing Day. Wow! So the signs are positive, and you, my friend, will be on the first flight that I can get you into in Australia and (laughs) do some good outdoor gigs. You know.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. Pat,
0: always a pleasure, my man. Thank you so much. And uh, likewise. See ya.